Talk show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson, and for the next half hour or so, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. Probably all things food and drink programmes. We'll talk about the telly. Um, I'm joined by my fellow uh, presenter, Holly Shackleton, who's editor of Speciality Food magazine. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Uh, watch the telly a lot, do we? Yeah. Food Just stuff? Nothing else. Food and drink? Yeah, all food and drink, genuinely. Everything to do with food and drink. Well, we're expecting you to be an expert. Oh, God. As if you are. I take it back. <laughs> um, and obviously, my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd, who's head of clients at Hearst Publications, and was also founder of Great British Chefs. Nice hey. shirt. Don't tell Thank me. You. Paul Smith. Of course. <laughs> I mean, why, you know, it's like you, when you we walk know. in, I bet they've got a little um, a little rack where they haven't been able to get rid of loads of shirts and they go, oh, he's, he's in, he's in. Get them at the front, get them at the front. Yeah, I know. I, and I, you get all the ones that I they're trying to get rid of. I work at Hearst, you see. <laughs> yeah, probably. Fashion, darling, fashion. Yeah, fashion. Now, uh, as you know, Ollie Lloyd's surname is Lloyd. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We have a guest here called Antonia Lloyd. Mm. Mm. There are a lot of Lloyds out there. Why? Why has Antonia got the same surname as you? Well, because she's my sister, actually. Ah, Antonia, hello. Hi. What are you doing here? Great to be here. Why are you here? Well, you know, I've listened a lot to the programme and a uh, big fan. And it's lovely to, to see Ollie in the, in the booth. This is a new one for me. Ollie in the booth. In the booth. Yeah. See, what you, you can now see as opposed to listening is you can see what he's like. <laughs> she knows what I'm like. Oh, she's, she's so off-putting when you're trying to do a radio programme. Um, and the reason why Antonia here is she is a BAFTA-winning producer food and drink programs obviously and um oh dear she's she's worked with many of the uk's top chefs over the last decade um which we're going to hear about and you've had a tv career which you started about 14 years ago somebody even told longer me. actually um longer. 2001 so we're we're almost getting to 20 years actually um, wow. i mean a few kids in between so i've ah. taken my time but. And you've worked on over 20 food series, including Master Chef, The Professionals, Junior Master Chef, What to Eat Now, Joan Rivers on Chocky Wocky Doo Da. Yeah, I was I'm in the edit for that, that one. On I was in the edit. It was good fun. It was a moment. It was I a job. Was. You know, yeah. we all have to take them. But she's actually quite a, you know, was. Uh, was. A, quite an event, you know, characterful lady. Woman. <laughs> yes. And Disney Channel UK's latest food show for kids, which is called First Class Chefs. Yeah, that was a while back. Um, most recently, right now, I'm doing uh, the next series of Great British Menu, which is in its 15th series and goes out this spring. Um, and we've been we're filming that at the moment. Um, so that's got obviously very top top mm. level chefs, and we have all the veterans who are household names now who come and judge. And then we have um, the three judges. Well, Prudith used to do it. Andy Oliver took her place. Um, uh, Matthew Ford and Oliver Payton. So that's one of the foodiest series out there. That, Does uh, Oliver Payton actually eat anything? You know, he eats a bit. He's not a big eater. He paces himself. And he, to be honest, they have to. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to eat, you know, up to eight <laughs> courses uh, in, in a, on a Friday judging. Mm. Um, and more because this job. year we're doing more, more courses. Smaller courses, but more. So. It's a bit like doing the Future Food Awards. Whereas we actually have to eat about 50 things in three hours. That's true. I'm really sick at the end. But our things involve lots of 
drinks and snails, snails yeah. and supplements and, and all sorts. I feel really ill at the end yeah. of that. But <laughs> um, uh, joining Antonia um, is Sally B. And Sally B is also a bit of a, a sort of healthy cook for ITV, aren't you? And an author. A bit of one, yeah. Bit of one. Bit so, of one. so you're used to um, you're used to best-selling cookbooks and being on the television, and um, a bit of a emotional, a motivational speaker in health and well-being. I think. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's we're gonna true. we're gonna hear all about <laughs> that, but we're gonna we're gonna delve into some television programs first. And our other guest, it's all girls actually, apart from you, Ollie. I've just realised. Sorry. Uh, is Dr. Sarah Jarvis, MBE, who's registered and trained at Cambridge and Oxford. And she comments regularly in the media on health issues. She is the resident GP for BBC Radio 2. I am. Are you? You might be able to help me with something later. I might have got a few questions for you. It's all right. Take off all your clothes down the floor and I'll have a look. <laughs> no, Unfortunately, there's nothing wrong with me. So, um, And I know you've been on The One Show and The Lorraine Show and Good Housekeeping. Oh, you know about Good Housekeeping, yeah, do. don't you? Mm. And you were also counting. the ITN lunch. 98 years and counting. 98? 98 what? years. Good Housekeeping. Yeah, but I thought, no, I've been no, doing it for 19 years. I haven't been doing it for 19. Really? I no. know I'm a little older than everyone else in the room, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. I don't know how you ever got married. No, no. Um, so, um, first of all, I'm going to ask you, Ollie, uh, name me a couple of your favourite food programmes. Going back historically, what's your favourite and why? So, I say, for me, Chef's Table is the killer one actually um it's not one my sister produced but it's it is one where you know i think you really get into the minds of some of the craziest chefs in the world it's beautifully shot i don't think i've seen that one so it's netflix, on netflix yeah and it's i mean some of the ones it's they're just that you know you really get into the minds of some of the maddest chefs in the world who are doing completely bonkers things they're all just big characters and they have big stories and i i think it you know it, it's an amazing program and they've been through a lot of series and it's i think that's one of so heard. do you class that as entertainment or is it or is it stuff that you're you're educational that you're learning i think there's some interesting it's entertainment i think i think that's entertainment mm. um and um, it's an amazing program it, it, it's definitely sells out restaurants so asma khan who we've had on the show mm. who's the only uh, british chef to date i think who's been on it you know you know it's now almost impossible to get a reservation there mm. i've been cooking from her cookbook that she Have gave you? me mm. some really nice stuff in there yeah. holly uh, ditto with Chef's Table for exactly the same reason. I know reasons. you're mad on it. I know me. I love it. Um, MasterChef. Really? Professionals and classic. Um, I don't like MasterChef. Oh, I do. It just feels a bit con- sorry. It's really, okay. it's really stressful. Well, because of... Stressful. I find it really stressful. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I'm clearly just always on the verge and just even TV can tip me over. Um, and <laughs> I love Nigel Slater as well. So any Nigel Slater stuff. And uh, MasterChef. And the professionals. But Mars Chef uh, was Lloyd Grossman. Originally, was it? Originally it was, Originally. yeah. And then they <clears throat> revamped it in 2005 and um, made it with John Terode and Greg Wallace. And it became the series that you now dislike, but you still like. <laughs> yeah. it, it, to be fair, I think... It's, I don't it, like it being Wallace. a bit marmite is part of Greg his public charm. Gets and on my nerves. Of, the majority of people love him. And he then John Terode can't, can't say pasta. Who is his pasta? I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) On the professionals, I love Monica's pronunciation of butter. How How did she she pronounce butter? Like, oh, I can't remember. Oh, no. Pressure. Butter. 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 
that's good. Yeah, I, I love her. She's really scary. She's brilliant. Mm. She's scary. She's well. great. So I helped the first series Monica did. I, that was when I was series producing. We brought her on board, and the, the reason was that it was, um, it was, uh, it needed. We need to extend the duration of the show, and we literally needed another challenge. So we got Michelle Reed Jr. sous chef Monica to come in and put these chefs through their paces, and we suddenly realised that they'd forgotten how to spatchcock and it's one of my spin sugar. Of the show and, now though, the, and the challenge. It's just fantastic. Skills test. Yeah. The way yeah. she. Yeah. Looks at people. Yeah. Oh, God, if you had a, no, but zomb- she's so nice. She's if you had so a very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a zombie amazing. apocalypse, I'd have her on my team. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd have no, you no. as well. That's a really interesting criteria. <laughs> Would you? Well, yeah. I can't do anything. Your... Oh no, maybe not. She'd know how to get the Harrods to go and pick up the. Well, exactly. Reading. Shut up, you. Um, okay, so uh, my favourite. Uh, Fanny's Kitchen. Oh, I love Fanny Craddock. I love Fanny Craddock. I've got Fanny, Fanny Craddock. Craddock. So what, 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 what decade are we in? So she was 60s. in the 50s. 50s. And early 60s. And then as she got older, she got a bit more cranky, as if she wasn't cranky enough. She then did, uh, was it called uh, Nationwide or whatever? They used to have a programme with Frank Boff. and That was Nationwide, yeah. Yeah, was it? And um, she, she used to have like glitzy ball gowns. She used to come in and mm-hmm. flounce. I'm, I'm really sorry if, if any of her family's listening. She looked like a truck driver in drag, actually, to be honest. But <laughs> she was. She really took cooking into you can do something fancy in your own home. And she had that that husband who always Johnny. Looked, yes, he was poor old Johnny. Poor man, he, he looks as he was well and truly under the thumb. There was a, one of the one of the episodes I remember. I'm pretty sure it was her. Was when she was doing because it was all done live and it was terribly old fashioned. There was no editing. There was no th- nothing. And she cooked a turkey and she got it out of the oven. And it was I think she was you know demonstrating Christmas dinner and as she walked forward she dropped it on the floor (laughs) and without missing a beat she bent forward picked it up put it back in stood up and said straight to camera always remember you are alone in your kitchen. It's <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful line. Which is obviously true. But I mean, she she would do food that looked disgusting, I have to say. But the whole thing, and she had like very wobbly lipstick on and, and she was, she was, she, she was a bit was, of an old what bag. Sort of, what was her style of cooking? Angry. Very <laughs> <laughs> English. Well, or, with French influences. I think, I, I think mm. don't forget in the 50s, it was, it was just, People have just stopped rationing, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. and um, it was quite sort of straight laced, and 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 you know people were using very basic ingredients. And I think post war, she sort of was trying to glam it up and make mm-hmm. cooking again something that that could be exciting and interesting, which was quite an achievement, really. So I've got, she I've got was an a bit weird of a drag queen, yeah, in a ball gown yeah. cooking turkey. Is that yeah. kind of what yeah. I yeah, 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 yeah. My favourite, we probably not with the very small husband in the background. Yes, that she bullied yes, all right. the time. Johnny, Johnny, go and get the something. Um, yeah, but she um, she was famously on um, this nationwide program, it was Frank Boff and all that before he got done for snorting whatever he was. And um, flower. I remember, yes, I remember she was making uh, donuts and um, they were all standing at the end, you know, at nine o'clock when the camera goes down. They used to stand there and the camera would be there. And um, Frank Boff <laughs> uttered the immortal lines, now I do hope that all your donuts will turn out like Fanny's. And, um, <laughs> and then the camera, you could see him wobbling and then they shut the, shut the television down. Um, yeah, Fanny, Fanny Craddock, marvellous. Um, what about Delia? Any thoughts on Delia? Her She's an institution. 1978 to 1981. So I never started her cookery course. I never watched anything of hers, but I still have Delia's book of cakes. And in fact, it had got, it was so old and had completely fallen to pieces. And my son, who always buys the most unbelievably thoughtful presents, found me a copy of Delia's book of cakes. But he found me 
the hardback. Ooh. I know. First edition, probably. Very exciting. And in fact, I was in a charity shop just for Christmas. We were staying with a friend who's an amazing chef. And, you know, you look at somebody and think, oh, God, I'm going to have to raise my game now. Oh, Oh, dear. So we went into a charity shop in Gloucestershire uh, to get a couple of books to look at things for menus for Christmas on the way home. And I bought Delia Delia Smith's Christmas. And I have some very fine, a meringue Mont Blanc in there, which was very, very fine. Mm. Sally, have you got any thoughts on Delia? Um, I just remember Delia associated with my mum. Now, my mum, I loved her, but she was not the best cook in the world. Uh, She used to have a dinner party for 12 people and buy individual Marks and Spencer's lasagnas. Good girl. For 12 people. (laughs) And, um, And I can remember she had lots of Delia books. None of them were ever open, but they were there on the shelf. So... Yeah, I haven't cooked a lot of Delia's stuff, but um, I have fond memories of her books looking pretty in the kitchen. Well, she was very no-nonsense, a bit sort of monotone in her delivery. Antonia, is she well-regarded in the... I mean, not? she she obviously was a, you know, a, a step up the ladder for people. I think she's obviously really important, a bit like Prue Leith. You know, the, it depends on what generation you were mm. and whether you relied on her for your cooking guidance. Again, in our household, it wouldn't have been Delia. Um, it would have had, there would have been more of a sort of European skew. Robert Carrier was the big one for right. my mum. And um, Elizabeth David for my grandmother. So I think it just depends. I think she was obviously really important for a lot of people. In TV terms, she wasn't a big player, I would say. Um, and and that's not in a bad way. I think, again, she's off her time. I mean, I think someone like Keith Floyd, I think, added excitement to the genre. i going to go on for that in a minute. And he is one of my favourites. He is one of my favourites I think too. I was watching a bit of Floyd on France the other day and you just the thing is, it's the way you, they literally have a one-camera shoot and, and he goes, oh, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be chaotic. Why don't you go and look at the burgundy vines? And, you know, the, the character and he's always, mm. it's sort of chaos, but he embraces He's so passionate about the the ingredients mm. and the dishes and the inspiration. And you you know, I mean, there's also a lot of um, you know negative stuff that comes out. And he's not very PC, but he's again of his era and great fun. And yes. I think he really helped revive the the, the genre certainly. I mean, I think Julia of- Smith for me. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I remember buying her complete cookery course because. It literally would teach you how to do everything from gravy to Yorkshire exactly, to, you know, so whatever. Vital. And the one thing I found with her is that it was it never went wrong. That mm. she was so careful at constructing the recipes yeah. in a way that just never went wrong. Yeah. Um, and so for me, when I started to learn to cook, so when her first cookery course came out, I think I was seventeen or something. Um, you know, it was it was so instructional for me. Um, but then you get somebody like Floyd on Fish uh, who came along in 1984 and as you say he just threw a hand grenade into what the <laughs> what a cookery programme should be don't you think? Now speaking of speaking of being of their time though one thing that really I mean I have to say I do love both MasterChef I'm not sucking up here I love both <laughs> MasterChef and The Great British Menu because we watch them as a family and it's just mm. wonderful and I don't actually know how to turn on our television at home so I have to watch things my children like, <laughs> which is already embarrassing but I just wonder I mean the thing about MasterChef is everything is butter sugar salt it's all really unhealthy stuff and I just wonder why in this day and age we still haven't got a really successful food program which is all about cooking really delicious food healthily and being aware of what that food is doing to your body because as far as I'm aware there isn't one the other thing I don't like though is they pile it all up like a blooming 
They make it look like a restaurant food and oh, just that, that yeah, annoys I me a bit. I don't mind that so much. I just wish they'd make it mm. healthier. I wish mm. people would learn because mm. I think that all this cookery stuff is teaching people yeah. um, to cook more at home. But I think they you know, genuinely believe if I'm going to cook like they do on MasterChef, mm. then I've got to pile on the salt yeah. I've got a pile on the sugar so I mean it's a really interesting point I mean the thing is you have to go back to the channels and the broadcasters and the people who pay for programs so when when food competitions are being made they're unlikely unfortunately to ever put that at the heart of mm. of the of the competition I did do one for for children for Disney and they want it had a healthy initiative within it so Michelle Junior was the judge and all the children who were in teams had to have dishes that you know paid a you know nodded to being healthy so they weren't using oil they were you know using brown rice over white rice they were keeping low salt you know and and it was all being talked about and I mean sadly it didn't go for second series Um, it wasn't because of that but too often, if you bring up something like that with a channel, they'll go, it's too boring, it's too... And or, The other thing is that in a competition, you want them to go all out. And sure. so, unfortunately, again, they don't want to give them that as a handicap. And, and the, But, but, I, but I agree with you. Making something that's really high quality and really mm. tasty, but healthy yeah. no, totally. is more of a challenge. So mm. they have to go more You're all right. out for it. But and then it's like I, um, me and Ollie, we really wanted to do a television programme about booze. But it would never be allowed, would it? Because, no, because somehow... It would never be allowed on air. Well, they wouldn't because it's... They have it's done un- them, though. There are, there are some out there. Are there? Personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we... But it's them. less, but it's not... But like Travelogue with... Equivalent. No, true, true. I mean, there isn't one which really pushed like it. Like cocktails. But I think what's interesting, though, is that the world of food has also changed. So I think if you go to, you know, the top high-end Michelin-star restaurants, they are not cooking the way they used to mm-hmm. cook. And um, I remember famously an Italian chef who once said to me that his ambition was to give a couple an amazing meal such that they would want to return to the bedroom afterwards rather than pass out in their restaurant. <laughs> and I think, you know, actually the style of cooking has changed now. Mm. So I do think, that pe- you know, chefs are relying less on heavy butters, heavy ingredients, smaller definitely. portions. I think that's definitely right. Chefs are definitely changing because chefs I've spoken to have said their butter consumption, their orders of double cream have gone down, the way they use salt has gone down. And But I think that's still yet, I agree with Sarah, mm. it's, it's still yet to come mm. through into mainstream TV. And I think the problem is people see healthy food, not as tasty food. Mm. Now, I think it would be the best challenge in the world for MasterChef to say, right, we're doing a healthy food week and it's still got to look gorgeous. I want to eat a healthy Mm. meal that looks like a MasterChef meal, that tastes like like a MasterChef, and it's completely possible. And in a way, I feel they're being a little bit lazy. Or maybe it's just vegan or something, you know. I'd like to understand how to make a great... We did vegetarian... I remember when when I was on MasterChef, we did um, vegetarian as a challenge and it was the first time Yotam Otlengi was yeah. um, on TV and we and we had such fun with him and he was so wonderful but it was it was interesting because um, we had vegetarians in that group of contestants who were just thrilled and then you had your you know hardened carnivore when you know who was confronted mm. with tofu and thought you know we'd you the know, end of the world it was just come. a disaster, <laughs> a disaster. But, but they do occasionally have a couple of vegetarians on MasterChef yeah. and they always tend to go out in the early rounds and yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. this one she went to the last for actually and she was fantastic and now writes books um, and is very successful. I would say that there are chefs who are doing those programs so they are out there so it's not like it is a complete wasteland. There are definitely, you know, Tom Kerridge is constantly beating yeah. his drum for healthy mm. food, weight loss. Very bikers. Exactly. So it is happening. It's just as you say, will that actually filter into a mainstream food competition mm. um, and not just be a challenge within one? Um, uh, uh, Ollie, 
other favourites? I mean, again, just going back to Keith Floyd, I mean, he, he was one of the first, I think, to go out of the kitchen and take cooking to, you know, on a stormy boat, you know, on a yeah, stormy season yeah. Yeah, and take uh, cooking out into a location. Um, do you like the travel-y, chef-y yeah, I mean, I thing? Or, Rick or Stein's do you find done that a lot bit... in that area. I mean, well, I, look, I think, I think that one of the things that's really exciting about food in this country in particular is we have embraced cuisines from beyond our shores. You know, Yotamot Lengi is clearly, has completely You've got a changed. man crush on him. I'm a mass, I'm so, I actually <laughs> went there on my birthday. You've got uh, a man crush I think he's a, I think he's amazing. I really do. I, I think the ingredients that he brings to table i think the healthy food that you get there in my opinion that's a place where you are not compromising when you don't eat meat mm. there's no compromise when i went there the other day we didn't actually end up eating meat um i mean i think the travel stuff is interesting because i think it helps you understand different styles of cooking mm. and i don't think we're a particularly good country at cooking vegetables i don't think our you know our core cuisine is particularly good i at think that. that's what i was trying to say is I, i'd like to learn how to do that and put yeah. it at the center of my food and and i don't tend to learn that in a way that the great british bake-off has really helped people mm. you know with their baking and mm. and learn that and it'd be so nice to have something where i could just learn a bit more about making amazing... And I think it's good not to have to label it even. It's not yeah. about choosing yeah. to be vegetarian necessarily. It's just about learning, as you say, to cook and appreciate vegetables for what they can be in the same way that we appreciate what a lamb chop can be. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's because it's all about balance and it's all about flavour, whether you're going for healthy food or a big indulgent meal. What you care about when you sit down to eat a meal is the flavour of it. And there are, certainly to me, you know, the healthy food or learning how to cook vegetables and do different things with vegetables, that's more exciting because I've seen all the meat done over and over and over again. I want to see some new innovative ideas that will support health as well, but but tick all the taste buds because that's what it's about, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And um, any thoughts, Antonio, on Ready, Steady, Cook? Yeah, so it's coming back. It's being oh, is it? uh, yes. There's a really? new series out this year. Um, I know they're filming it at the moment. Um, the chefs have been released. I'm not going to be able to give you the full list off the top of my head. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that does. How You know, yeah. I think it's great for that everyday cooking, giving people ideas. I'm sure they'll be on trend with, um, you know, let's champion vegetables, let, you and know, budget-minded. Well. Yeah. It's, it's a really good format. Mm. And um, let's hope it comes out and is as good as it was. So that started in 1994, finished in 2010. Uh, two chefs, two members of the public, an audience vote and a five quid budget. Can't imagine a five quid budget now, probably. <laughs> no. Uh, um, uh, it would be interesting to know what that budget had gone up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would. 750 Um And they had to concoct a dubious dinner in 20 minutes. But Ready Steady Cook launched the careers of chefs such as James Martin and Ainsley Harriet. So yeah. it was quite influential in its time. Who got an MBE this year. Did he? Yeah. I was like, wow. Don't look at things like that. Um, well, you're in, you know, in, co- in company of MBEs. You know, but when I, of course... Yeah, but I, I wasn't this year, so I didn't have my address published. Oh, uh, well done. <laughs> well done, oh, you. Well done, you. <laughs> well done. You. Um, I, I, we used to do this on holiday with the kids when you, you'd, you know, we'd rent somewhere and then at the end of two weeks there'd be all sorts of stuff left over in the fridge and the, the last night always used to be before we went at home. Mm-hmm. Right, kids, you've got to 
You've, it's a competition here, and they used to have to cook a meal with whatever was left over. You know, I, chocolate, when, a carrot, and a you know whatever it is, a melon. Or when I was on the way home from the supermarket, my daughter, one of the games we always played, and she's she's now twenty three, and we still play it. We'll go to the supermarket, do the shopping, and on the way back, you take the take the shopping list, and you're allowed the ready, steady, cook staples, and you have to make between the supermarket and our house, you have to make up as many different dishes and yes. many meals as you can. It's wow, good, good game. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's good interesting. Game. We make the dishes while we're going around. Or beforehand, right. so that we know what we're buying. No, That's a no, good no, way no. To do it too. no, no. You buy the you buy the <laughs> stuff you? on the shopping list, and then uh, you have, you don't know who oh, put it there, which okay. member of the family put it there. You don't know what it was uh. for, but then you have to have to make as many meals as you can. Bad, Holly. Um, you're probably too young. I know I'm old enough to be your mother. I worked out the other day, but um, <laughs> the Naked okay. Chef, 1999 to wow. 2001, that first series with Jamie Oliver. Were you even born then? Yeah, since 1999. Yeah, I was 11. Did, did, did that filter Sorry, through to you, <laughs> the Naked Chef? I remember uh, seeing it on the TV programme or the schedule and thinking, oh, no, that's not for me. He's At the naked. age of 11. He's, he's naked. naked. <laughs> he's cooking naked. <laughs> naked. I can't watch that. So it took me until, I don't know. Age 12. Age 12, <laughs> when it was appropriate. <laughs> used to sneak down and watch it in the middle of the night on catch-up. Have you got any thoughts, Holly? No, I think Jamie's unbelievable. He definitely changed cooking in our house. I think he totally did. He really inspired my children. My children, uh, same age as you, actually, honey. My children just um, really, really found him inspiring and it definitely made them want to go into the kitchen and do stuff. And And I also think he was quite important for a male generation Mm. as well, actually, because he was... He was attainable, he was kind of cool, he made cooking fun, it wasn't stuffy, it wasn't a sort of chef in the sort of white jacket kind of world. He made it simple. And look, I think I think the River Cafe crew don't get as much credit as they yeah. should because yeah. I think ultimately, you know, what they did laid the foundations. I, mean, I, think, I think their cookbooks, in my opinion, are some of the best cookbooks out there uh, from a slightly different generation. But yeah, I, mean, I think he's amazing. I mean, not a great restaurateur, but... Eighty million loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um and again, Antonia, what's the view in the industry of, of Saturday Kitchen, which has endured for quite a while? Yeah, it gets a great um you know, report really from everybody. I think it's one of those long running series, people want to be on it. It's 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 a fixture. Um I mean I've never watched it. It's never been a part of my weekend calendar, but I know everybody else does seem to you know have it as that um point to inspire you over the weekend it's a great idea um and it's what everyone wants to do there's the weekday cooking that's quick and fast and practical and there's weekend and it's there's more time and that's brilliant seems to me the sort of thing that you sit and watch we've got hangover yeah after friday night yeah, again. It's, it's comfort. When you've got young kids, you won't be... Yeah, well, well, that's a big problem. Yeah. I just know, yeah. Just You're understand. out the door. I've got to be at the football pitch <laughs> yeah, by exactly. 9.30 with my yeah. youngest. It's the sort of thing you watch in your underpants, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I watch it in my pyjamas. Yeah, in your pyjamas. Religiously. Yeah. I genuinely get up, especially for Sunday brunch as well. In my pyjamas, cup, cup of coffee in hand, on the mm. sofa... Starts at about nine twenty seven twenty eight instead of half past, <laughs> which is a bit I just, harsh. Just, but, I mean, I've been up for three hours by then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and right. it's time to get out of the house. Run a half right. marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the whole house. No, I'm just trying to deal with my two children. Yes. I haven't achieved anything. I've just spent, you know, three hours goat herding them around the building. So originally it was fronted by uh, Anthony Worrell Thompson. Is oh, yeah. he still doing it? No. He's the rudest person no. I've ever met. He was, he was also no, double shoplifting He was, well, he was sort of, of hasn't been on telly for been really rude to my staff, which I was really upset about once. He um, was, he was a Michelin star. He, he yeah, got his Michelin star. He, he was kind skills. of serious. Yeah, yeah. 
And then mm. there was the shoplifting. Speaking of shoplifting. At the other end of the spectrum, though, the nicest restauranter, the most charming man in the restaurant world I've ever met was Marco... Uh, was, um, <laughs> Marco Pierre White? No, no, no. <laughs> right. Marco He's not charming. <laughs> Which one? Raymond Blanc. Oh, he's such a charming man. I went on the one show and took him with my little daughter. She was very little at the time. And he just held her spellbound. She went home and immediately said, that's it, she was going to be a chef. And she had to cook at least a week. Nigel Howarth, who has got some great stuff. Yeah, He used to do this event every year, which I... Oh, my word. Obsessions. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I there. went many times. Did you? Oh, it was amazing. So they had Raymond Blanc. because they used to they, they used, Yeah. So they used to invite chefs into their kitchen yeah. so, that, so that, that then they'd bring their chefs and so that their chefs could learn stuff. The one person that they were petrified of was Raymond Blanc. Really? really? But he's, he's Scared so... to death of him. But and I, don't, I think it's because he's, he's just, just so quietly... admired. Yeah. Yeah. And they just really wanted to make sure they did it all yeah. properly and, yeah. you know, whatever. But he, they were petrified but of him, which I thought was really interesting. He's self-taught as well, mm. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He is oh, also, he's so, he's also so, he's so hilarious. About healthy food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He grows all the stuff yeah. in his own kitchen. God, we're going to get, we are yeah. going to get back to healthy food. Oh, yeah. I'm determined. Yeah, you're right. The way they cook at, at the, uh, okay, you know, manoir. manoir it, the garden is amazing. Mm. And you can feel the way that the menu that day has literally just come from the ground. Exactly. And it yeah. is, and it's I think more chefs lovely. are doing that. Yeah. They're much, they're, and they are more likely to showcase vegetables. And the mm. chefs on Great British Menu this year, the number, the number of them, you know, will, you know, well, actually, starters. Are increasingly always vegetarian, um, things like that. So I think there is, there's definitely a shift going on. Um, there's also it, that growth, I think, in people, you know, because food is a passion, you kind of want to go from field to fork. And, you know, I think if you have the space, people more and more, whether it's just growing a few herbs, mm. actually you get a bit of pleasure from, you know, I had our first crop of potatoes this year and that was just super exciting. You know, kids it is, picking it's them great. Up. It's great. And yeah. actually, I think you get an appreciation for actually how much work, and we always talk about, you know, the, mm. the metaphorical 20-pound chicken, but, you know, actually the, the amount of work that goes into producing mm. a small amount oh, of yeah, stuff absolutely. and it gives you appreciation of ingredients. The and pleasure also... we got this year for the first time, we have a fairly small London garden and this time for the first time, I bought my husband a greenhouse, which took him five days to put together. Um, but That's we a good had idea, little, get him out of the house. <laughs> but the pleasure that we got... the instructions and, away? Uh, no, no, that was with the instructions, really worryingly. It was, they're not easy to make, no, no. and it was not... I mean, it was, sheds you know, it's about three, three foot by two, as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. But... Jerusalem artichokes oh, from really? my very good. Oh, and they're so easy. Really? They're amazing. Yes. Make you a bit so windy, Christmas but they're lovely. Christmas lunch. Yeah. We had heritage carrots, about eight of them, <laughs> that big. Yeah. Um, but it was just the, the pleasure mm. of being able to, at, at Christmas, we'd made, you know, green tomato chutney with tomatoes from our own garden. Mm. We we fed people Jerusalem, Jerusalem artichoke velouté. Oh. Super. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you know, it was it was it was just heaven. It was such pleasure. Um, any thoughts, Ollie, on the two <coughs> fat ladies? Never watched. Which are dead now. No, right. Never watched them. Now they weren't healthy, I'm afraid. Not at all. <laughs> they, it in wasn't any, in the, any I way. mean, they were great. A bit like the sort of Fanny Craddock. I'd say, I mean, not oh. a very different, but real characters. I can um, remember one of the uh, says me with red nail polish on, but there was one of them that had nails so long, um, and she used to cook with her red nail polish on. <laughs> and when you're cooking on TV, that I'd never turn up with red nail polish mm. on. You have to have clean, shortcut nails because obviously you're dealing with food. But she used to be in there up to her 
between elbows. having a 20 fags yeah. <laughs> during takes. <laughs> Completely. Tell you what I'm really hoping is that that was actually nail polish and not fake nails because if she was oh. in there kneading the bread. No, it could oh, quite could easily have been. have been. It could quite easily have been. Yeah, with a fag hanging out yeah, the side, yeah. a bit of ash going in. But um, it was the style, wasn't it? it absolutely. It was. And Clarissa Dixon Wright, though, a very interesting lady. And uh, she wrote a huge history of food, I think. Yeah. I remember reading. And she had a restaurant for a while, didn't she, up near Sheffield? I think. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. So um, uh, your, and we're going to go around the table now because we've sort of done ours. Um, your favourites, Simon? Uh, Master Chef, I have to say, I'm yep. absolutely addicted to it and the family love watching it. Um, and I like the celebrity Master Chef one because, you know, you can see people brought down a peg or two. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch Celebrity Master Chef, I'm stunned by how bad they are. But then you, I get amazed by how brilliant some other people are that yeah. you wouldn't expect to yeah, be really true. good. You yeah. can be like, wow, where did that come from? But yeah. why do you expect them to be good cooks? Just because yeah. they're good at yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Because I didn't think they would apply, but I suppose yeah. they just do anything, won't they? I mean, a lot of people mention MasterChef, but no one has yet mentioned <laughs> Australian MasterChef and all the other. Because, I mean, there's, yeah, always, there's always chat about the other ones because they're just very different versus, versus our one. Now, there's one my son really loves, he's introduced me to, and I have no idea what it's called, but it's basically where they go in and they are given ingredients and you can sabotage each other. So you can sabotage. make somebody... Yes, yeah, so you, so somebody, they're, they're given a task of making, I don't know, a cheese souffle, but you can steal other people's ingredients. So you can steal cheese, you can steal someone's cheese. Or, you know, they have to make, I don't know, Yorkshire oh. pudding and you steal their flour. And it's fascinating to watch them come back. And sometimes they'll they'll be given something and they've just they just decide there's absolutely no way they could make that. So they made a, I don't know, um, you know, toad in the whole Yorkshire pudding. So and did brilliantly because they yeah. couldn't possibly, with what had been stolen, <laughs> pretend to make it. Is there it's a sort of period of time brilliant. when you're allowed to steal? Uh, yeah, or you just get, to continue you get different right points until the end. and you can carry <laughs> it on. Sounds like chaos. Yeah, it's Is great fun. Netflix, it's great fun. Or... Yes, I think so. Mm. I'd, I'd get done for murder if I was Right, if someone came to my cheese, <laughs> give it back. Yeah, but it's one thing that, that everyone always asks Antonia is how much do you, do the producers actually deliberately make sure there is the jeopardy? So obviously this is a program where there is you know you're stealing things, but. How often are you turning up? So I'm sure dark? that they fiddle around with it, well, oven temperatures. Uh, I'm sure of it. No, definitely. And, you would never, and, you'd never, you know, go near equipment or anything like that. That would be, from a health and safety point of view, ridiculous. But I mean, on Great British Menu, for example, we don't turn their ovens on. We don't touch the water bath if they haven't done it. It's their responsibility. It's their kitchen, and then suddenly stuff happens. Um, but so, I mean, if you sir, see a mistake happening, you don't. You don't, um, no. unless it's a danger issue. No, oh, if it was a danger issue, definitely. Yes. The thing is, if you have people, like if you think of Bake Off, for example, there are you know there are challenges where they come in prepared and there are challenges that are unprepared. And let's be honest, you know which one is likely to create more problems. But then what they also do on most shows is they impose a time limit. Mm. So, you know, on, on Bake Off, to be fair, they say, right, you're doing it. Um, you've got this challenge to do, but now we're going to take off a bit of time. So they ensure that there's always a bit less time mm. than is required. So time is also the big factor in the kitchen so, and how much people are pushing themselves. Um, uh, and also with those things, how can they actually taste all that stuff? I mean, because it can't be hot. 
And, and it depends. Different shows have different things. So MasterChef, I mean, you know, it's tepid. Um, essentially, when you're filming um, food, you need to get beautiful shots of it. So with cakes, it's easy. They're not going to go cold. With um, hot food, uh, you either have to have a, what you call a, another plate that you then shoot afterwards so that, and on Great British Money, that's what we do because everyone's so serious. If you gave them lukewarm food, it would be a disaster and they, w- they wouldn't put up with it. So everyone eats it and then they do their next dish and we shoot that so that we've got both. Well, MasterChef, it's, you know, it, it's, they, they don't do it like that. They've never done it like that. And they will shoot the food first and then they um, eat it. So it's marginally, you know, it's warm. But um, I just always you know. thought if you were last, yours would be stung cold. Mm. Which I didn't and if you've done a chocolate fondant or a souffle yeah. or something. Or an ice yeah. cream. Or, yeah. 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 But I guess the judges are so experienced, they wouldn't, they would factor that in. And, and Well, also you have an order of tasting. So if you know that there's a sorbet or you'd put oh, okay. the sorbet on the top just before it goes to taste or, you know, definitely, we've got a whole home ec team. We think about the priority of which dishes are not going to make it. Soufflés are notoriously very difficult because you have got to eat them straight away. Did you say a home ec team? Is a home, home economist, economist. yeah. Now, do, do they have that anymore? Because none of my children, well, my children, they don't well, they, they they do don't do home economics at school, but yeah, we call it a home, econ- a home economist team. Okay. So, yeah, and they will be sourcing the ingredients um, that are, you know, with the list that are given by the chefs or by the, you know, competitors. I mean, you won't believe this. We've done well over half an hour already. Um, Antonia, what's what was your view of the future of food programmes in its, in its widest context? What do you think we're likely to see maybe in four or five years' time? It's a good question. I mean, I think, um, you know, hopefully we will be getting more involved in where food is going generally. So the environment, sustainability, all those things, keeping, you know, I think flexitarianism is massive, meat eating is down. Um, I'm sure channels will hopefully take more risks with that. So, you know, without saying vegetarian food, um, shows will just be more, you know, addressing those those big things. Um, you're will never going to get a completely sort of new... Viewing, will that be... Easy to view, do you think? Do we have well, this is the thing. No, but what, we have one of the things produce... that Sally was saying, you know, how do you make that interesting? The... Well, it's the people who deliver it. So, we, mm. you know, in within entertainment, we continue to find great great chefs, great presenters, people who are passionate about food and who can convey that to audiences. And then it's about tapping into those trends and hopefully inspiring people with what's going on right now. Um you know, mm. um, but I do, the, the wheel is never completely, in, you know, reinvented. Um, so, and you've got your traditional, either you've got your food competitions or you've got your, um, you know, chop and cook type um, or the travel logs. And I think those are great as well. Um, but obviously flying is less, less yeah. popular. So it'll be, you know, well, not that that's a, that's a big thing. Mm. And and um, Sarah, so um, Dr. Sarah Jarvis, you're, you know, you've been on the Rain Show, you're a GP for Beauty Radio 2 and the One Show. Um, in terms of food programmes, what would you like to see? Because I know you, you, for you, health is really important of as part of this. I would love to see something that really cuts through the nonsense so on the one hand we've gone from you know oh all fat is bad well look where that left us Mm. so it's clearly not the case now we've got all carbs are bad well look where that's taking us because everybody believes that as long as you eschew carbs you can have double cream for breakfast drunk straight from a jug that's not true either I think we've got to start what I'd really love to see is making healthy food mainstream so you know with salt for instance if we all on average we only eat two grams more salt a day on average than we should but actually for every gram of salt that we reduce as a nation we would save over four 
1,000 deaths, early deaths a year in the UK mm. alone. So I'd love to see more challenges where, you know, every week one of the challenges on MasterChef is a healthy challenge. So this mm. one, we want to see you reduce the salt in that or make that without salt completely. For another one, we want to see you um, have no carbs in that one or, or have healthy carbs, actually. It's it's more to do with low, with refined and unrefined. So, you know, get those messages across in a really entertaining way and you know people a lot need of the help stuff I navigating do. that that's the problem don't you find it's so blooming confusing and also often um sarah it's contradictory so so if we can find some great presenters who will help us through mm. that it's going to be huge Which public is exactly, benefit it's going to be huge public benefit actually i think we could make it really fun i love mm. to see i'm going to pitch it to you okay. now let's why do don't we have <laughs> on master chef let's get rid of one of the the market challenge let's have Every market challenge is going to be healthy ingredients only. Mm. And let's see what amazing things you can come up with. Mm. And then the next week, there'll be, but you could do it a different one every week. So let's reduce the salt in this one. Mm. Let's have a, a, a plant based diet for the next one. Let's get rid of all the saturated fat, but, you know, replace it with some healthy fats the next time. Let's get rid of all the refined carbs and only have unrefined carbs the next time, and so on. Mm, that, that was sort of yeah. the. Um men from the boys in terms of, of, of cooking ability. Uh, and Sally, I, I know you're an ambassador uh, for low salt as well, so so th- this re- reduction of salt is important to you mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're, you're a, um, a heart patient. Mm-hmm. I'm presuming that you would like to see s- some programmes that are really centred around food and health. Definitely. Um, I've been cooking on ITV for a, a good few years and mine is always, always healthy. And the problem is people confuse healthy with diet with being skinny Mm. and that's not that's Mm. absolutely not what I'm talking about I'm a foodie a passionate foodie I want healthy delicious tasty food in my life I've survived five heart attacks I have this condition so every mouthful that I eat has an opportunity to save me or kill me so it's no joke and there are actually loads of people that are living like this in fact we all are living with it some of us know already and some Some don't don't, so um, I really want people to start looking at it differently it's just changing your perception of it because people think that either can have a tasty meal or a healthy meal and we have to stop that it's breaking through that and making sure that everybody understands natural ingredients are good for you. If you want red meat, eat red meat. Just eat it lean and and balance it. Not too often. Not too often, exactly. Um, So you can make any traditional dishes. So I absolutely double the pitch that (laughs) Dr. Savage just said. But also, I think you should... Make them think more because I think chefs can, although they work incredibly hard, can be lazy with their ideas. It's actually easy if you can rely on yep. fat, sugar and salt for your flavour. If you can't rely on those things, if you've got to bring the salt content down, if you've got to bring the fat and the sugar content down, you have to think much more. And some of us have to do it every single day of our li- lives mm. to stay alive, but we're still really into food. Mm, and what be a gorgeous, more, but, healthy, be more creative. I think. It's but very I think there isn't. I just think that that whole idea that you know that, that dichotomy between healthy food and enjoyable food is breaking down. I think five years ago, I don't think that was the case. Mm. But I think now we are beginning. We're not there yet. But I think I'm going to say in 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 pockets, and I think London is probably better than most yeah. at doing this sort of stuff. But I think to get that to the mainstream 
but backbone that, of this country is, is the challenge. I think we absolutely are in restaurants when you go eat out. And I think people are choosing that when they eat out. But what I'd really love to see is people feeling empowered. So mm. a lot of people don't know how to make food taste tasty without having so much salt in it. Mm. So, you know, if you can teach them about spices or, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or same sugar thing, or... or refined, you know, refined mm. stuff. Mm. And I um, think it would, sorry to interrupt you, I think it would be for, for a programme like MasterChef to take that on board and spread that message. Yeah. I think it would just be mind-blowing for people watching mm. because people don't think that the meals that they see on, Mind Sh on MasterChef are ones that they can make at home. Yeah. Mm. And actually, you know, there's pared-down versions of the the beautiful dishes that they do but if that's like the massive example they could set to the whole of the British yeah. I think she's yeah. probably got the message I think she's got the message I mean I, 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 I'm, I'm starting to, uh, to in my mind think about a sort of um, you know a one-off series where it's completely embraced because the, the only issue and I can imagine what the channel would say and and the, the the producers is how you keep that interesting because if you keep talking about it in every challenge everyone will be sick to death yeah, but, but you do it, a different it's challenge. incorporated yes. no but if it's just part of it and so you yeah. don't have to talk about it all the time exactly. it's yeah. fine yeah. which is why you would sort of have to embrace it for you know for, for a series and see how it went type thing but I, you know it's look you're absolutely right and if it isn't MasterChef it'll be something else because they're you know people it's hard to change but equally to, to have that audience on board would yeah. be great and I would do. like to see what Sally said earlier is, is to uncouple uh, you know eating food with weight and mm. health um, yeah. uh, you know if you can perhaps not worry about your weight but eat healthily eat you'd for be, health you would be surprised exactly right? if you, you eat surprised. for health if you need to lose some weight you'll lose weight eating for health and enjoyment in equal measures is the key to a happy life well you'd be but pleased to know <laughs> though that, that, that um, Holly had a Peanut butter and Why? what donut this morning for yeah, breakfast? That was last week. That was Don't, last week. Yeah, oh, was it last donut week? Donut shaming me. Yeah. No, but I think one of the things. <laughs> I've got to finish. Uh, Ollie, I've got to finish the program in a minute. Just one, one thought. <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting is there's been a lot of talk about you know the BBC and what their role and responsibility is you know, under this new government and pressure about what they're doing. I think what's really interesting is that actually the BBC can take on a mantle in the food cooking world that actually says this is not just about entertainment; it's actually about changing behaviour. And, and I, if I'm Netflix and I'm the producer, role, well, it's interesting. There's an interesting debate but, about that. But I think really importantly, they need to do it without the public knowing. And agree, I, you know, agree. I always A lot Make of the stuff mainstream. that I do in, in the media is about sneaking a bit of education past the great British public totally. while they're waiting for the Make news. Make it mainstream. It's, it's kind of like the dancing on ice thing and the first same-sex couple. People are saying, that's amazing. We've got this first same-sex couple in dancing on ice. But actually, why is that just a bit, such a big deal? It should just be a given. Normal, yeah. So almost I feel that this shouldn't actually be such a big mm. deal. It should just be a given. Yeah. That that's part of well, it. I'm actually exhausted. Going to stop us. I'm exhausted now. <laughs> so we'll get your coffee. Although I think the coffee machine's broken today. So on the first prize, I've never been able to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's good. Don't have... invite all women next time because you just can't get a word in it. <laughs> no, I say that sort of thing anymore, are you? Um, right. Oh. So, um, Antonia Lloyd, BAFTA winning producer. Thank you so much. Sorry. We should do another programme. We should do, we should do this as first half. We've got loads more to say, I think. Um, so thank Anytime. you so much. I'm so sorry that um, Ollie's your brother, but you <laughs> seem to have survived. No, we're, we're great friends. Don't worry. Good. That's good to hear. You've got better dress sense than he has. Um, yeah, so thank you so much uh, for coming on the programme. And um, Sally, very inspirational. Um, I know you've survived five heart attacks, which I, I can't really imagine um, living with that, how difficult that is. Um, and being a motivational speaker 
Healthy Cook Fry TV. Carry on doing all that great work. Thank you. Here's to three kids listening. Yes. And their names are? Tariq, Hazim and Layla. There you go. Listening to your mum on the, on the radio. I bet um, they're not. <laughs> they're probably not, no. <laughs> so thank you again for joining us. Um, and we'll send some links uh, uh, to Sally's sort of profile, but also to uh, Low Salt. I know you're ambassador. Yes. And Dr. Sarah Jarvis, bearing in mind you're just... <sighs> just so busy and doing everything I can't imagine you managed to fit us in so thank you so much well, it's been an absolute pleasure always find time for things yes, to be fun and this you. has been a pleasure thank you very much indeed um, and again we'll send you some links to um, Sarah's uh, profile uh, well that's it then uh, you've listened to the Few Talk Show and as you know we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield as well as being available on Stitcher Spotify Podbean iTunes and the podcast app on your phone thank you to my fellow presenters the lovely Ollie Lloyd. So, pleasure as always. I love sitting next to you, Ollie. Um, and Holly Shackleton, uh, editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Been a pleasure. Mm. 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 Favourite programme? What is this? My is it still? Program? Is it still after yeah. listening to all these people? Of course. Is it, Big is it fan. still Table? <laughs> what's it called? Table Manners? No, the one on Netflix. Chef's Table. Chef's Table. table. Is it still after you've listened to all this? Uh, it's up there one of my favourites it's up there okay um, so if you want to comment on any food programmes that you really like or you want to get in touch with us via Twitter please do so on at Food Talk Show and if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts going back years now uh, please go to foodtalk.co.uk or via Speciality Food Magazine website we're on the homepage I do hope you have a good week bye